This is episode 54 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Haley Francis Can. I've had this idea um, about this book in my head for quite some time. Um, and it kind of shifted when I uh, started to focus on long term care and I became interested in this intergenerational. Um, aspect of, of connection through music therapy. And so um, I decided to make the book set in long-term care settings. So it's called Mandy's Mom, the Music Therapist. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Haley Francis Can about her recently released children's book entitled Mandy's Mom, the Music Therapist, which she created to be an accessible advocacy resource and a way to start a conversation about music therapy and continue the conversation intergenerationally. And I can't wait to see how this book is used and who it informs about music therapy and also whatever else she uses to expand upon this idea. Because like she said, it is a really accessible representation of what we do as music therapists. And it's exciting to know that there's a resource out there that you can use in your sessions or as uh, a parent or an aunt or what have you. So definitely check out her book. We also talk about her new podcast, which she co-hosts, and that's the Able Voice podcast. All this will be linked in the show notes, so check that out. And we just talk about the journey, (laughs) the journey we're all on right now, the journey we're on as music therapists, and it was really great to hear her take on everything we're experiencing and why she's creating the resources she is. Um, And I, Haley was very easy to talk to and I really enjoyed our conversation. So I hope you also learn a lot from this conversation and are able to use some of that knowledge uh, in your typical practice and also in your adapted practice, whatever that may look like right now. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know by either writing a review on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a recommendation review on Facebook. Those are also awesome. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon page. That link is always in the show notes and you can become a patron. Patrons have the exclusive opportunity to ask guest questions. So If there's a guest that has been on and you've thought, wow, I really wish I could ask them this question, Patreon is your opportunity to do that. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar. So for a dollar a month, 
you can have that exclusive opportunity. Um, you can find us on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles and join our group on Facebook. It's nice to see some conversations and connections happening in there. And I'd love to see more continuations of the conversations on the shows. So let us know your thoughts on the episodes, uh, what you learned, what you agree with, what you disagree with. The whole point of this is to share our thoughts and expand our knowledge uh, across our very broad scope of practice in our profession. So I'm going to stop rambling now. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Haley. Haley, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. I'm very grateful to have you. And for the listeners who don't know, we just troubleshooted a lot of tech stuff. So thank you for being patient <laughs> with that, figuring of it out course. with me. Of course. I think we have to wear that hat sometimes as music therapists, troubleshooting. Mm, especially <laughs> now. with the territory, yeah. Yeah. How are you doing with everything going on? Yeah, um, it's been a bit of a tricky time, but you know, uh, day by day. Um, we have been trying to figure it out step by step. It was a bit of a learning curve to switch everything, you know, to an online platform. I work mostly in long-term care. So um, it was a bit challenging to navigate that um, with the support, the technological support that they need in order to maintain those sessions. And, and so we're not completely there yet, mm. <laughs> but we're getting there day by day. Good for you. You sound very positive about the whole situation. Yeah. You know, I, I think, like I said before, we have to wear a pretty adaptable hat as music therapists, um, even in, in a regular face-to-face -face kind of practice. And so I think that skill is very transferable, no matter the, the circumstance. And, and this is just, you know, one of those uh, circumstances that was unforeseen, but, oh gosh, yeah. um, you know, we have to kind of make the best of it and make the most of it, especially for, you know, the health and well-being of our clients. Yeah. Well said. Well said. <laughs> so can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe outside of music therapy too, get the get a feel for who you are? Yeah. So um, I actually, I was born in Nova Scotia, Canada, um, but my family are all from a little island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, really Ooh. small, <laughs> population like 69,000, um, Bermuda. So it's it's very beautiful and serene um, and lovely, a lovely, lovely place to grow up. And as you can imagine, there were so many different musical influences um, coming from such a diverse culture. Because we're so small, we're, we're kind of close to the States, we... Um, I had the opportunity to travel a lot, so I was exposed to a lot of different cultures uh, growing up, and uh, music was just a big part of my life. Um, I started playing, my first instrument was the trumpet <laughs> in a brass band, and, um, and then I started to explore choirs, and um, I picked up the recorder in... Um, elementary school or primary school, and my music teacher said, hmm, you're really good at the recorder. I don't know how you can be really good at the recorder, by the way. <laughs> All the breath support from trumpet. 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he said, you're really good at the recorder. Why don't you try the saxophone? And so I started playing the saxophone a little bit and I got uh, a little bit more serious about it as I went through high school. Um, and I ended up going to Acadia University for um, just a general Bachelor of Arts in music. Um, but I knew that I, I didn't want to be a performer. I knew that I didn't want to teach. I grew up in a family of teachers. And so I'd, ha- I'd been exposed to that world. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I completely respect everything that teachers and music teachers do. Um, I think it's a very important job. But I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do uh, full time. So um, when I found out that there was a music therapy program, I jumped right on it. I said, this is new. I hadn't heard about music therapy before. Um, I'd done a quick Google search and and found out kind of uh, some basic things that didn't really answer a whole lot of my questions, but it was enough to satisfy that, um, you know, uh, desire to learn a little bit more about what music therapy was and enough for me to get on the bandwagon to sign up for the program in my second year at university. So um, that was that was kind of a, a blessing to be in the right place at the right time, um, if you will. And I, I know that a lot of music therapists kind of have that similar story of not knowing about music therapy or stumbling across it in in kind of a cosmic way. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I I graduated from Acadia University with my bachelor's in music therapy, and then I began um, practicing in Ontario. So I moved completely across the country (laughs) Um, to start. I did my internship um, in a little town called Perth, Ontario. so little town, I, I think I gravitate towards those little towns <laughs> for some reason. They must feel like home to me. Um, and then after my internship was done and I, I became uh, accredited, I um, moved to Kingston, Ontario, where I have been for the past three and a half years, if I did the math correctly, July to 2017. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah. so you're like in Ontario, you're staying on that side of the country now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I think I love this side a little bit more. I'm I'm closer to, you know, Toronto, um some some of the bigger communities in music therapy. So, Toronto and Ottawa have really great um music therapy communities and I'm like right in the middle. <laughs> so, there're only five of us here in Kingston, wow. but uh, yeah, but um, we're right in the middle of two big hubs of music therapy. So we have access if we wanted to um, go and be a part of some of their events. Yeah. So you said you're working in long-term care. What yes. kind of facility are you in? Um, uh, so mostly I'm, I'm at long-term care homes. Um, I'm also in a mental health hospital mm-hmm. um, on a senior's mental health unit. Um so that's majority of my caseload. I also work with adults um, that are recovering from brain injury or, or stroke. Um, and I have one kiddo <laughs> <laughs> right now, um, you know, just because my, my caseload is so spread out. Um, we have three people on our team here at Find Your Voice Music Therapy. So um, I don't have a lot of room to take on other other kids, but I I wanted to have at least one, (laughs) you know, 
because I, I think there's something special about working with children. And I'm very interested, um, we'll probably talk about this a little later, but I'm so interested in that kind of intergenerational aspect of music therapy and how music can touch both um, spectrums of age in, in older adult life and in children. Yeah, I, that just made me think there's a little... Um, just like a little shop in my town and they, they have like spices and stuff. So I guess an apothecary and mm-hmm. they were playing maybe jazz or blues or something. And everyone who came into the store was commenting on that. And the owner was like, yeah, the kids love it. The adults love it. Everyone loves it. Like, <laughs> this is just what should be on the radio all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Music for all. Yeah. So... I guess let's go let's go here first. So how do you think growing up with so many types of cultural diversity in your music experience, how mm-hmm. has that informed your practice? Again, I think it's made me quite adaptable. I think with um within music therapy, you you can never get too comfortable with one particular genre or, or one particular style of playing. I think everybody has their own unique um uh, approach to how how they present music to somebody but um when it comes down to you know meeting somebody where they are and really embracing you know everything that that um uh inspires them to be the best versions of themselves whether that's um listening to classical music or jazz music or pop music or country music which was something that I didn't really get too much exposure in um but it's been something that i've i've picked up along the way um i I think that it's it's made me appreciative of so many different styles and and easy to kind of um incorporate who i am as a person into uh the music that i present for uh clients so it's it's made that process a little bit uh easier for me to wrap my head around um even considering things like uh the the rhythm and and how you feel grounded in in certain beats of music um i find that the cultural element um if i hadn't learned about that at a young age that you know there's a different way that maybe i felt music growing up um on an island versus you know in the um country or or um yeah the the more country areas of Canada where I am kind of practicing now um and and it's it's a little different the way that we feel and interact with music and it's beautiful to see how somebody is connecting with music but I just I I'm a little bit more cognizant of it um because I I had that knowledge growing up that this is how it is. This is people are responding to music in their own way. And, um, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, good for you. Because that's um, a hard thing to learn if you haven't, yeah. if you haven't experienced yeah. that since until college. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very jarring for sure. Um, I think that one of my professors actually, um, you know, uh, pointed that out to me one day that I wasn't aware that I was actually doing it, that I could switch, um, you know, the feeling of, of my music and, and the, what rhythm um, was leading uh, the music based on who I was working with. And um, maybe that, that was just the natural shift that was innate to me. Um, well, not innate to me. I did learn it 
um, growing up and, and being exposed to more music, um, especially in high school, I learned a lot about world music. And so, um, you know, I just had that um, in me. And it was so great because I, I hadn't consciously um, thought about it um, until that point. And I think, um, so you bring out a, a great uh, point because I, I, I don't think I consciously knew that I was doing it until somebody pointed it out to me. Um, you know, the, the beats two and four versus one and three. I think, I, I don't know how to explain that. It's just um, something that I was able to learn because I was exposed to so many different cultures growing up. Yeah, what a beautiful skill. That's awesome. Uh, I remember when I was learning guitar in college, the 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 strumming pattern down up up down up down yeah and was like, this is the music therapy strumming pattern. If you know this strumming <laughs> pattern, you can play any song. And you know, of course, my 19 year old brain was like, "Good, I'm good forever. Like this is all I need to know." And yeah. yeah, the more the more you know, the less you know. So now it's like, okay, how can I break this cycle and take in some of these other these other rhythms and patterns and skills and yeah. ways of playing. And that's a great point too, because I, I didn't have any guitar training before I went to university. I, I, I didn't know anything about the guitar really. I had a little piano, um, I had voice, um, and then I had saxophone, which is not an instrument I bring into therapy too often. <laughs> <laughs> kind of takes away that conversational element. Mm -hmm. um, but Sometimes when I'm able to bring it in, I do in a, in a co-therapy situation, it, it's really beneficial to have um, some diversity there. But um, yeah, p uh, piano and guitar were basically, I was learning a new language. And um, I think that I, I could get into that comfortable groove of like <laughs> learning the basic strumming patterns and feel like I got it. This is okay. Yep. <laughs> this is all I need to do to do good. But then I quickly learned um, that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my college experience was spread out over 10 years with also <laughs> doing work. So I'd be like, oh, the oh, skill yeah. I learned when I was yeah. 20 years old and I kind of like, you know, just tried to get through the semester. Now that's actually information that I can apply. Yeah. Um, yeah. These conversations <laughs> always bring that up for me. <laughs> I think we never stop learning really mm. I mean it just go, like there's no end to education we learn through experience and um even like in my internship I thought that I grew so much during my internship and that's just carried on throughout practice life so mm. um it doesn't stop yeah <laughs> it doesn't in a good way and um I think our profession's pretty good about helping each other through continuing ed courses and mm -hmm. um, keeping everyone informed about, I don't want to use the word issues, but, you know, things that we need to be aware of and yeah. as more things come up that we need to be aware of. Uh, we're a very, I think, forward thinking profession in a lot of ways. I think so. I think so as well. Yeah. All right. So let's shift gears. So this is this is funny because you said you have one kiddo on your caseload yes. and you recently released a children's book. Yes. So <laughs> explain that. That's intriguing. Yeah, I know. So I've had this idea, this seed in my head for quite some time. Um, and throughout my university degree, 
I could have sworn to you that I was only going to focus on kids. <laughs> so that was my that was my focus when I was in university. I was like, I've been brought up by teachers. Um, I have a lot of experience working with young children, um, especially young children with uh, responsive behaviors and and um, uh, learning challenges. This is where I want to take my career going forward. I know that there's um, space for me when I, whenever I make it back to Bermuda to practice, this is what I want to do. So um, keeping that in mind, <laughs> I've had this idea um, about this book in my head for quite some time. Um, and it kind of shifted when I uh, started to focus on long-term care and I became interested in this intergenerational um, aspect of, of connection through music therapy. And so um, I decided to make the book set in long-term care settings. So it's called Mandy's Mom, the Music Therapist. Um, and I'm, I was really excited about it. It, it released um, early March, so right in time for Music Therapy Month. Um, and we've had such great responses so far to the book. But um, yeah, it's a children's book, <laughs> but the setting is long-term care and it's about a mom who's a music therapist um, and she brings her daughter to work and her daughter learns all about what she does in, in music therapy um, in the long-term care setting and she comes to some conclusions on her own about what she feels um, is special about the profession of music therapy and shares them with her class at the end. Beautiful. So I guess what was your vision before you had this intergenerational aspect? Like what, how has it kind of morphed? Yeah. So I think that it was originally going to be set in like a school setting mm -hmm. or, um, or it was going to, to somehow, um, be, um, a representation of more than just one population setting. Um, but I felt that I didn't want to to release the book and it have too much information. Yeah. Um, I think there's room for expansion after this. Who knows? Um, I don't know <laughs> what the future will hold for that. But um, I thought that it was important for me to focus on one population and I still wanted to include um, both generations, so I, I needed to um, incorporate that in some way still, and and I f it felt true to me. But before it was going to be set in in um, maybe a school setting, maybe a hospital setting, um, but it was primarily going to be talking about music therapists working with children, um, or exploring different population settings. So uh, um, I hadn't really flushed the full thing out yet, but this, I came to this uh, point where this felt right, where I could incorporate, um, you know, children learning and even in the illustrations in, in the classroom settings, I want it to be as diverse as possible um, so that um, many people can look at this book and, and kind of see a representation of themselves in some way. Um, and I just wanted it to be a way for us to open discussion about what music therapy is. And I felt that this was the best way to do that right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many ways that I could have approached it, right? Music mm-hmm. therapy is such a um, an open book of <laughs> many endless possibilities. And um, maybe that's been the challenge so far um, and why I haven't seen anything like this um, hit the shelves uh, previously other than, you know, really heavy and dense information, um, music therapy resources. But this, um, you know, I really wanted to strip it down to to what is music therapy? What are we trying to accomplish in music therapy? Why is it important for um, us to be distinguished from music teachers or music performers? And I felt that this was the best way to do that if I had focused on um, a school setting, it kind of, it might have, uh, the lines might have been blurred a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But I think this sets the scene so that if I were to go on and expand upon this, that it would be easier for people to understand the differences between a music therapist, a music teacher, a music performer. Um, yeah, so I don't know if any of that made sense. I was just rambling, it but it... it <laughs> It um yeah that's that's the whole thought process behind it. It was a it was a long journey to get to where it is now. Yeah, well, and your the intergenerational aspect of it makes it so accessible mm-hmm. to so many people because um, everyone has a grandmother or a great aunt or uncle or what have you. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I've been um, kind of using. Um, in many of the presentations that I've been doing um, so far is, is calling it a first step toward accessible advocacy um, in our field. Um, and I'm really passionate about creating more resources like that that are accessible for, um, you know, just our general public to understand more about what it is that we do and, and be able to um, have some of their questions answered before we're met on the elevator and and we don't really have time to explain um, every part of what we do. Uh, So so it's something accessible for for them to have. Yeah. What other inklings of ideas do you have to make more accessible resources? Oh my goodness. Uh, so, So many things, but they're just seeds in my head right now. I haven't acted on any of them yet. I think because this book has has been so much of the forefront right now, um, I have drafted other uh, versions of children's books. Um, whether or not they'll come to fruition, I don't know, but it depends how how this book does. Um, you know, I've I've had talks with other people who have created fabulous resources and um, collaborated with them a little bit and, and started brainstorming. Um, ways to um kind of kind of set the tone and and push forward with this accessible advocacy idea um because i think it's very needed in today's world of um you know this growing profession we we need to get the word out there in order to um, be able to support the clients in the way that we want to or or they deserve really Mm. yeah well said. So for someone who 
is just hearing about the book and is clicking the link in the show notes to go buy it or someone who has just bought the book, what is your ideal way to see this book being used and shared? Oh, that's a tricky question because because I created it to be so accessible, I don't think there's any ideal way to use it. I think it can be used in many different ways and that's the the purpose behind why I've created it. It can be used with a mom reading a bedtime story to her child at night. It can be used by a music therapist uh, in long-term care wanting to um, meet a client where they are or, or um, you know, show them a representation of, of themselves through story and, and rhyme. Um, it can be used... Um, as a as an education resource, a platform for people to be able to um, educate their their viewers on online platforms, um, to be able to hold workshops around what music therapy is. Like, there's so many, <laughs> there's really endless opportunities for um, how you can use this resource. But I just um, I wanted it to be as accessible as possible, and I don't really want to put it in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were a lot of people that wanted me to to put it in a box and say, this is only for the music therapy community. But I don't want that. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, I want it to those. be for everybody. Yeah. Awesome. All righty. Have you always wanted to be an author? Yes and no. I think I've always loved writing. I've always had a strong passion for writing and creative writing. Um, since I was a kid, I've just, it's been something that I've been good at and something that I've enjoyed and uh, just, you know, did recreationally. But I never thought um, about actually authoring a book until um, this idea came to, to fruition. It just, I decided that I wanted to take it beyond the idea stage. And so it clicked for me in in that way. But I think I've always had it in me to be an author. It just took a little bit of courage to to make that extra step. Is it weird having that identity now? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still not used to it. And um, I don't know if it will ever feel normal to me at this point yeah I'm sure it will you wear it well oh thank you (laughs) it's a new hat so I'm I'm still trying to navigate that role as well understood completely understood (laughs) so let's shift gears to a hat we both wear you just (laughs) uh you just launched a podcast with a co-host yes tell us about that yes so exciting. Um, my colleague, Kimberly Dolan, and I, we both work here in Kingston. Um, we decided to create Able Voice Podcast, which is available on all platforms. Right at this moment, we've only released one episode, but there will be more coming. Um, and it's so exciting because I've always been interested in starting a podcast. I've always um been a huge supporter of all the music therapy podcasts that are existing in the world right now. It's something that I got into when I was doing my internship a while ago, and it just stuck with me. Um, And I thought it was such a unique way to share our perspective as music therapists. Um, But I was also finding that 
although there are lots of great resources out there for us um, in terms of podcasts for music therapists, there weren't many perspectives coming from Canada or mm-hmm. even from um, like Bermuda or, or the islands, you know, the Caribbean area, which I know there's a kind of a cohort of music therapists there. So I think um, the perspective of where we'll be coming from will be unique in that way. Um, and I'm just excited to continue to add to the wealth of um, conversation and information that is available for music therapists, practicing music therapists and student music therapists that are, you know, wanting to learn a little bit more. Yeah. So what is... Uh, your format for the podcast is or what are you planning to share on your show yeah so we are big on sharing our stories um our journeys and um believe that everybody's story is is a little unique and so we're looking for unique perspectives uh, on practicing music therapy we also are big on um discussing what it means to be a music therapist in today's society because um you know we wear so many hats we are perceived in many different ways depending on where we practice or how we practice or what um kind of um approach we adhere to when we're practicing and so i think that opening that conversation a little bit about what it means to be a music therapist because we're so diverse in the way that we choose to to practice it's um you know it's it's such a um a deep dive into our practice just to figure out that that piece about approach i think is so important um because there's so many right mm-hmm. i think but there's a core element that connects us all and i think we're looking to draw that out of, you know, no matter what way you're choosing to practice music therapy, we relate in some way at the core and this is what it is. Um, and so I think we're on a journey to, to find that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yes. But also the, the, the title able voice podcast, I think we chose that deliberately to encompass all of that, you know, your voice is important. Your voice has power. It is strong and it is able. Mm. Well said. So that will be linked for the listeners. So once you're done with this episode, oh. go check out the Able Voice podcast. By the time this comes out, you you might have more episodes available. Yeah, I think so. Especially during, you know, this season of um, COVID-19, we'll be um, <laughs> releasing more content more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. An interesting time to get things done or not get things done, depending. <laughs> yes, exactly. Depends on the day, right? It totally depends on the day. <laughs> oh, goodness. Does it depend on the day? <laughs> so I also want to shout out, you have a blog. Yes. That I'm going to link. So what what do you want people to know about your blog? Yeah, so um, the blog is on my website, www.mtahaley.com. Um, it, it's just a personal, um, if you will, log of my experience um, navigating practicing music therapy and, and some of my thoughts about, 
you know, current events that are happening and um, a way for me to share a little bit more personally some of the things that are going on in my world. Um, And so uh, I have a blog come out every month that people can can read and comment on. Um, And yeah, it's just a personal account of my journey. Um, I keep coming back to that word because I think it's so important mm-hmm. uh, for us all to to connect and have, you know, that um, relationship to our personal stories and our, our journeys as individuals and as music therapists. Yeah, good for you. I don't remember who said it, but somewhere online I saw something like, you know, we're going through a major historical event And just like we go back and look at the diaries and journals of famous historical artifacts in a hundred years, people are going to be looking at our blog posts and our social media (laughs) posts and all that kind of stuff to see what this historical event did and everything, yeah, everything preceding it and after it too. So it's, it's great. My dog's shaking. So she's (laughs) clinking her collar. Didn't take that off. Yeah. I never thought about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So good for yeah. you for, for being you. out there and sharing that so that we can all Thank learn from you. it in the moment, but also everyone in the future will, will yeah. get your perspective about what we're experiencing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's very much a, a bare, um, a really exposed and, and vulnerable, authentic version of who I am in those blog posts. Um which is, it's, it's, it's a new experience for me, but I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Author times two, blog author and book <laughs> author. Thank you. Awesome. Do you have anything else you want to cover before we move into our rapid fire questions? Ooh, rapid fire. Um, no, I'm ready. This sounds exciting. Awesome. So the <laughs> questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. Okay. The first one is coffee or tea? tea definitely every morning or most mornings on my instagram i um during the weekday i do a tea talk um with feels like to myself but (laughs) but i know that lots of people are are listening and you know commenting back and forth with me so um yeah tea all the way i do not enjoy coffee too much (laughs) i love that tea talk early bird or night owl Ooh, a bit of both, depending on the day. Yeah. Is that just because of right now or is that in general? In general, I think. I think it, it tends to change whenever we have a, um, a daylight savings time shift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really depends. I think in the summer, I'm more of a early, early bird. And maybe that's just because the sun is rising a whole lot earlier. Um, and in the winter, I'm just a night owl. I Yeah. I can't get up early in the morning, so <laughs> everything shifts. Yeah. yeah, I that made me think the irony of about the daylight savings. I know everything kind of blew up for COVID nineteen different places, different <laughs> times depending on where you are. But where I am, it was the, it was the week of daylight savings change time change. There was a full moon that week, and it was Friday the thirteenth. So it was just like oh. the trifecta. There is no way we weren't gonna get hit. So. Yeah. Oh dear, that's awful. Well, you'll never forget that, right? No nope. weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was my birthday that week too, so I got a pandemic oh. for my birthday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The weekend, everything changed. Um. Mm. Yeah. 
I was actually traveling that weekend. So that was a bit of pandemonium in itself. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're home and safe. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's stressful. That's stressful. (laughs) All right. Refocusing. Something (laughs) you would tell your younger self. Ooh. That's a good question. Let's think about that. I would tell my younger self to relax, (laughs) enjoy life. Um, You know, I think when I was younger, I was, I was really focused on getting to my future. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing everything I could to, to make it, um, you know, because I was, pursuing this creative field, I felt like I had something extra to prove. Um, Even though my family was super supportive, um, you know, they they couldn't really see how I was going to be able to support myself in the future doing a creative uh, profession that wasn't um, like teaching um, or something that had kind of a comfortability element to it. Um, But, you know, and I felt like I had to push extra hard to, to get to a place where um, they could see that I would be able to succeed and also that I could feel comfortable. And I knew that they would be less worried about me <laughs> out on my own. So I think I would just tell myself to relax. It'll work out. You'll be okay. <laughs> Take it day by day. Breathe. Exercise. Take time for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, just relax, I think, is the overall statement. Just relax. You'll be okay. I think we always do that. We kind of get too focused on the future a little bit and um, your head just takes it away. But, you know, it's okay. Like tomorrow will still come. It, it's okay. Yeah. Breathe. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, that's something I've had to learn. I'm still not perfect at it. <laughs> it's a journey. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one, I think uh, maybe you'll have an interesting answer for. Your okay. music therapy elevator speech. Oh. <laughs> and would that relate to your book, I guess? Yeah. Um, you know, the basic elevator speech is, yes, I, I'm here to play music. I'm the music therapist. I use music um, in a therapeutic way to meet my clients' needs emotionally, physically, cognitively, and in any way that they have expressed need. Um, and then that kind of opens the door for different questions. Um, usually I get, so what kinds of instruments do you play? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and then so it's it's you know we get oh that's nice um, because it's it's very difficult I think for people to wrap their heads around that kind of elevator speech, which is why I think I needed to break it down a little bit more. And maybe I was a little cheeky in putting a line in my book that says I do not simply sing. <laughs> no, I think that's accurate <laughs> uh, because I just I I. I think there comes a point when we we don't get tired of defending ourselves as music therapists or explaining ourselves as music therapists, but, you know, it just becomes a chore at, at some point. And I felt like I just needed to do something to combat that in some way. So 
here's my book mandy's mom the music therapist <laughs> there you go we'll just all buy a stack of them and give them out like business cards yes oh, music therapy here you go read this book here you go it's yes. got pictures <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly uh, that would be awesome <laughs> Your favorite self-care practice? I love to journal. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Writing is a way that I love to just, um, to self-care and to release some of um, the built-up, pent-up energy that I have negatively and positively. Um, It's just a great way that I enjoy um, self-caring and uh, exercising. So fresh air or, you know, really going at it in the gym, I really enjoy a good workout session. Um, So those are the two for me, I think. Do you have any home workout resources you want to mention? Oh, if you have um, any. (laughs) I don't think so. I have like many um, that I go back and forth uh, with my um, partner actually sometimes will create some for me perfect <laughs> at home workouts and and then I'll follow those and um I did try the uh I forget what it's called body um I forget what it's called but it's something that a lot of people are using right now and um I I tried it but I, I, I think that I enjoy just coming up with different things every now and then. And um, I don't need really need a, a, somebody to follow because mm-hmm. I get caught up in like, am I doing it right? And it kind of takes away that self-care element for me. I'm just wanting to move my body to, to listen to what it has to say. And, and, you know, I don't like to feel pressured. <laughs> Gotcha. That's a wonderful way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of strange, I suppose, but I don't think I, so. uh, I, uh, yeah, I just like to, to, to move, to get to moving and feel like I'm accomplishing something without, you know, having a standard that I'm trying to live up to. Yeah. That's a great, like, life advice snippet right there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 something that I've also learned along the way, along my journey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for teaching us. All right, something that's currently adding value to your life. Ooh. I think that technology is really adding value to my life right now. Mm. In in a strange cosmic way, I I feel like the technology that we have at our fingertips has allowed me to connect with so many people that I would not have um, connected with. And even this, like I would, I don't think I would have ever met you if um, not for technology. And, and, you know, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse, but I think that, uh, you know, learning ways to navigate that and really set your boundaries of how, you know, you interact with technology. Um, it's really been a beautiful thing in, in exploring, um, you know, the different avenues in which you can connect with people and podcasting and Instagram, um, you know, reaching out to people that way and in blogging and, and all the different forms of things, even being able to connect to my family in Bermuda still. It's, it's so lovely to still have that outlet to be able to, to connect with people um, near and far. Yeah, 
I'm glad we met via technology. Yes. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? Ooh. Favorite intervention. Um, I think it kind of changes every now and then, but I think I always come back to songwriting interventions. I love having the opportunity to create songs with people um, based on their stories and um, actually having something tangible for them to take with them after, you know, sessions are, are, are done or um, after that particular phase in our sessions are done. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful process that I always come back to. I love, love, love songwriting. Um, and I, it's, I, I'd go to it any day if I could. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And lastly, where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at MTA Haley. Um, you can also go to my website, which is www.mtahaley.com to learn a little bit more about me. Um, on Facebook, I am Haley Amber, which funny story there. Amber is my middle name. And growing up, my family would kind of um, call me one or the other. So Haley or Amber. <laughs> so when I was younger, I switched it to that so that people could find me using both names. Um, but it's a, it's been a little tricky for other people to find me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my whole name is Haley Francis Can. Um, also, you can find me um, on the um, Facebook page, Find Your Voice Music Therapy. That's the company that I subcontract for right now in Kingston. Um, and yeah, eh, I think those are all the ways. Cool. I will link them all as well as all <laughs> the other awesome stuff that we mentioned in this episode. So yeah, I think, did I say Able Voice Podcast? I'll put that too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can't forget that. See, it's so brand new for me still. Um, that's on all platforms um, right now. So Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Apple, Apple and iTunes are the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what <laughs> they're calling it now. They change it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Spotify, all the things. Yeah. Go find it. Awesome. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with me today. I had... Um... A really good time with our conversation. You're very easy to talk to. Thank you. So are you. Thanks. You're really great at this, aren't you? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still doing it and people still want to be on the show. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really great. Uh, like I said, I've been a fan of podcasts and I've listened to yours. So um, thank you for having me on thinking of me even to to be a guest on your show. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for for making the time and best of luck navigating whatever comes up in the recent yeah. future and far future uh, yeah. yeah i wish that for you too Thank day you. by day day by day <laughs> <All right. laughs> bye thank you so much have a good day you too
Thank you so much for making the time to listen to the show. I know I say that all the time. Thank you for making the time, but it really is true. The most valuable thing we all have is our time. And whether you have a lot of that or a little of that right now, thank you for making the time <laughs> to to listen to this show, to hear the perspectives shared and to hopefully learn something to expand your knowledge and grow as a person and as a professional. So let us know uh, on the social media posts, either on Instagram or on Facebook, what you learned from this episode. Uh, if you or someone you know wants to be on the show, or if there's someone you want us to reach out to, let us know by sending an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. You can also find us by joining our group on Facebook um, and again, finding us on Instagram. I'm going to share a recent review from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from BM Haupt says, I love this podcast. I have listened to it on many drives between clients and enjoy the discussion between music therapists. I listen in each time an episode comes out and love the takeaways from this community. So thank you so much for that wonderful review. I really appreciate it. Uh, the reviews really help the podcast be more visible to people trying to find this kind of content. More and more music therapy podcasts are popping up everywhere, which is awesome. So one of the best and easiest ways you can support them and support the Music Therapy Chronicles is to leave a review so that more people can find the show. Um, again, you can also support the podcast by checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash music therapy chronicles. That link will be in the show notes. Support Haley by checking out her links in the show notes. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you in the next one.